This is episode 454 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, The Best Security Practices for Living in an Apartment. Hey, I'm Todd Zapolita, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by Audible. Now, Audible books were the inspiration, or at least one of uh, the inspirations for starting this podcast. I purposely don't add bumper music to the podcast because I want it to feel more like an audiobook that just starts and provides value. So I love to learn and grow through audiobooks, and Audible makes that so easy. If you are not a member of Audible, you can join for free for 30 days and start your Audible journey with two free audiobooks. The great thing about Audible is that you can cancel at any time and you get to keep the books that you have downloaded. For more information, click the link in the show notes or go to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com forward slash Audible. All right, guys, let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from Survival Sullivan. And the article is entitled Best Security Practices for Living in an Apartment. And some of the ideas are specific to apartments, but really the ideas that are shared here, most of these ideas are good, just practical ideas to be thinking about for security practices for your home or maybe for your office. Or, you know, you, you can, what I'm trying to say is you can apply these ideas in very many other areas of life and not it's just not geared to apartment living now some of it is but not all of it so let's go ahead and jump in and start reading like i said coming to us from survivalsullivan.com the article is entitled best security practices for living in an apartment one of the most important things to consider in today's society is safety for yourself and your family For those living in an apartment, home security can be more challenging due to the close proximity of people living in the area as well as the greater likelihood of people coming and going frequently. So we put together the categories to consider for best security practices for living in an apartment pre and post collapse. So pre-collapse, if you haven't gotten your apartment yet or are looking to relocate to a different apartment, There are some things to consider before you even choose the apartment where you are going to live. If you are already in an apartment and don't have the resources to relocate right now, there are some things you can do to fortify your apartment against intruders and some hidden preps you can get into place without drawing too much attention to yourself. Any or all of the following things will help to make your apartment more secure in normal times. So choosing your apartment. If you choose to live in an apartment, it's critical that you do your research and choose an apartment that will be secure. Not everyone has the resources or the desire to live in a rural area, but you can choose an apartment that will be safer for you both pre- and post-collapse if you consider the following things. Crime activity in the area, gated entrance to the community, locked buildings that utilize access control through intercom, key cards, etc., Look for well-maintained buildings and landscaping. Talk to current residents for insight. Visit to observe activity at various times 
of the weekdays and the weekends and the weeknights. I'm going to add that there. Uh, population density and choose apartment on the second floor or higher to deter intruders. Select an apartment where you can have a guard dog. All right. So let me, you know, let me just share a couple of things, ideas here. When we first got married, my wife and I did, we lived in an apartment and, you know, we looked at all of these things. And one of the, one of the pieces of advice that someone gave to me was go look at it at night, right? Go and hang out. And, you know, if you have to park before, you know, the gates close or whatever, you know, because it was a gated apartment complex that we wanted to move into. And they did have a guard there, although sometimes really late at night they would fall asleep and uh, you would catch them falling asleep. Right. But at least they had somebody, you know, there was a presence there. Um, you know, so we did go at night and we, we realized that, you know, actually we went a couple of times at night and we realized that it was pretty quiet. You know, there wasn't a lot of activity. There wasn't a lot of things going on. A lot of people partying, a lot of people in the parking lots and, and, and different things like that. So that's definitely one of those things you want to do. Um, you can also do that, like I said, if you have a neighborhood, if you're thinking about moving into a neighborhood, you know, drive it in the evening time, drive it during the weekday, drive it during the week weekend you know on saturday and sunday and see what it's like you know do you see a bunch of kids out do you see you know a bunch of people you know partying do you see you know people bringing out you know their work projects and different things like that i mean all those types of things might give you a certain idea of what that neighborhood might be like and so i think that's pretty important the idea here about the second floor um, i agree with as far as security goes um, if someone wants to break in, they're probably going to focus more on, uh, you know, a bottom story or the first floor so that they can get in and get out very quickly and not get trapped by, you know, by the stairs or a second story or, or whatever. But the other thing to consider there is depending on the makeup of the apartment and what it looks like, the second story can be pretty hot. And that's what we noticed uh, when we were when we lived in our apartment um, we did it for security reasons, exactly what you read here. But one thing that we noticed is we were pumping the AC a lot more because heat rises and there wasn't a lot of uh, trees and, and shade and different things like that. So, I mean, you kind of give up one thing for the other. In an apartment complex, electricity is not going to be that expensive. Although when you're young and you don't have a lot of money, it, it, you know, that does play uh, a part in it. So uh, definitely, you know, things to consider. But again, like I said, you can you can start to think about all of these things, you know, even your workplace, you know, you might want to you, you go during the day and then you leave. But let's just say you had to go during the week, during the weekend and you had to do a special project or whatever. And you're going and maybe you're going and there's not a lot of people there. Do you feel safe there? Or maybe you are working late at night. And, you know, there there's not a lot of uh, lights out there or whatever. You know, you want to be thinking about those types of things as well. So definitely you can apply it. OK, so uh, continuing on fortify against unwanted entry. No matter where you live or what your budget may be, there are many different best security practices for living in an apartment that can that can help to fortify against unwanted entry into your home. One of the safest ways to fend off an attacker or intruder is to not let them get close to you in the first place. We've listed several ways you can fortify your apartment against unwanted intruders. So first, reinforce locks on entry doors and windows with longer screws and security plates. Consider shatterproof window film for, in, for any accessible windows, battery-operated window and door alarms, 
master lock door bars for inward swinging doors, security cameras, security bars for sliding glass doors, consider self-monitored or professionally monitored alarm systems, use a detachable rope ladder rather than a permanent fire escape, solar LED motion sensored lighting outside, keep a key fob next to your bed at night, hit the alarm button to startle intruders if you hear something and then call the police. Now, I'm, they didn't say your vehicle key fob, but I'm assuming that's what they what they mean there. And then uh, use door jams under doors to prevent them from being opened. Another thing you can do is know your neighbors. When you live in an apartment, your neighbors are all around you. To increase your own security, pay attention to the activity of your neighbors. If you know your neighbors by name or at least by face and know who their adult children or friends are, you'll be quicker to notice strangers in your building or complex. Take it further with some of the suggestions below and learn about your neighbors so you can be alerted to potential security problems. Okay, these are make an effort to meet and be courteous to neighbors in your hallway and your building. Pay attention to cars your neighbors drive. Let them know if you see strangers around their vehicles. Form or join a neighborhood watch group for your building or complex. Know which children belonging or belong in your building. Be observant of regular comings and goings of your neighbors so you can be more aware when things are out of the ordinary. And take note of any medical conditions of neighbors that may need intervention. And lastly, be aware of which neighbors are prone to excessive drinking, drug use, or violence. And what about hidden preps? One of the most challenging tasks for living in an apartment when you're trying to stockpile is where to store all your preps. Sure, you can utilize closets and cabinets, but you don't want everyone who comes to visit to know you are loaded down with supplies. But there are many different creative ways to hide your preps in an apartment, sometimes almost in plain sight. For example, you can stack canned vegetables in a rectangle or square shape, cover with plywood or lightweight wood box slightly larger than your stack, throw a sheet or material over the top, and use it as a coffee table in your living room. To really dress things up, skip the material and DIY a mosaic tile on the top and sides of the plywood box. Your guests will rave about your creative coffee table without ever even wondering what might be hidden beneath it. Other suggestions for hidden preps include picture frame hidden cache, bookcase false back, hollowed out book cache, false bottom ottoman or blanket chest, and platform bed that can be hidden storage or that can have a hidden storage underneath. And there's some uh, articles here for additional reading if you would like some more information on, on some of the things that were touched on there. Okay, so what about post-collapse? When SHTF, there's no denying life is going to change quickly and in an unpredictable way. In any extended crisis situation, one of the most dangerous threats to your survival is going to be other people. When you live in an apartment, the threat from people increases with the population density. If you secured your apartment using some of the suggestions above, many of those will help to keep your apartment secure. In all honesty, an apartment in a heavily populated area is the last place you really want to be. But post-collapse, for those who have limited options, there are some additional best security practices for living in an apartment you'll need to implement, especially in situations where rule of law goes out the proverbial window. So have a bug out plan. One of the best security practices for living in an apartment is to have a bug out plan. 
Without a doubt, there will come a time when you will need to leave your apartment if you want to survive. Regardless of the type of event, chaos will erupt eventually, especially if people realize that help is not coming. Whether you bug out to the woods, not a good idea, the home of a friend or a relative or a pre-planned bug out location will depend on your situation. Part of your bug out planning when you live in an apartment should include knowing where the safe shelters are and how to get to them if needed. So also identify area resources. If you do find yourself with no other recourse than to write out an SHTF situation in your apartment, you will need access to resources. You can stockpile food and water, but in, in an extended SHTF situation, that supply will run out. Take the time during normal times to identify the nearest fresh water sources and other places where you might find food and supplies. Try to identify the places for supplies that most people may not think to look. Grocery stores and other retail stores will be quickly emptied out and will be more dangerous since there will be more people there. Now have a plan for waste and sanitation. Another of the best security practices for living in an apartment post-collapse is to have a plan or system to dispose of waste and keep things clean. Disease and illness will run rampant through the cities. In order to avoid harm from other people and avoid attracting attention to your apartment, you will need to stay indoors as much as possible. A trip to put garbage in the dumpster could spell disaster, and most of the dumpsters will be overflowing and become cesspools for disease-carrying insects and rodents within a matter of weeks. Plan to use a composting toilet to help prevent problems if you don't have running water or if sewer systems fail. When you do have to venture out of your apartment, wear a mask to keep from inhaling toxic fumes and germs. All right, so that's going to be a major, major problem. Um, you're gonna, your, your water and your waste is going to be a big problem when the poop hits the fan, if, if you're living in an apartment. But let's just say, you know, let's, let's, um, let, let's just think that you form a, uh, you know, a, a network with the people on your floor or maybe your whole apartment complex is able to say, hey, you know what? We are going to band together as one. We're going to protect each other. So when people go out, you would go out in force, right? So like uh, if you were to go out, and let's just say everybody has a five-gallon bucket to use the restroom in, and that's how they're going to get rid of waste because in, in, in something like this, things can back up very quickly because you have, you, know, you have all these sewer lines that are running up the apartment complex, and people are going to have to not you know, not use the, not use the restroom. So you're going to have to have buckets. You're going to have to take this, the sewage somewhere. So uh, for instance, I kind of imagine if I was stuck in this scenario where all the guys would take the buckets that they need to go throw out and they're walking to a certain part of town or they're, you know, they're going, you know, so much distance away from the apartment complex to throw all of this waste into one specific place, right? And then you're all walking, walking back. If you have water, you can rinse out buckets, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And then you're walking back all in force. And then, you know, you're able to provide security for each other, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. And then the people that are left behind at the apartment complex could provide security while they're waiting for everybody to return, right? And so that's one way that you can kind of solve this issue or kind of help out this issue. I mean, you're going to have a lot of... of uh, there's going to be a lot of pain here, right? You're going to really have to be around an area where you can, where you have resources like water and stuff like that. But then at the same time where you can get rid of 
sewage and things and things like that. Uh, one of the things that I was going to to talk about here is uh, when I re I remember when uh, the um, Hurricane Sandy went through the um, you know the East Coast and there was places I mean they were like knocked out completely. And that situation was a lot different. I mean, you have, you know, like New York, you have a lot of buildings and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, people were talking about using the restroom in the hallways. And so there was, I remember reports. I know that I linked to a video and I, and I would have to really search to find that video. Um, but there was people talking about that people were defecating in the hallways because they couldn't use their restrooms. And, and so you think about that. So you're walking you know, maybe you're walking and you're pretty clean, but you're walking through the hallway and you don't have lights or there's electricity is not on and you're walking through the hallway. You don't know what you're really walking through. And then you go into your to your apartment and you're tracking all of that stuff in there. So another thing when you're talking about sanitation or sanitation and waste and hygiene and stuff like that could be that you wear your shoes to get inside of your apartment and then you have one place where you take off your shoes and you never you know wear shoes again inside of your apartment now i i think that eventually being in an apartment is not going to be sustainable you're going to have some kind of system you're going to need a system in place to be able to survive and so uh you know that's just one of those things that's why i think the bug out plan or having a bug out plan was one of the the important things there and that should be if you were in an apartment should be one of the things but you know that's easy for people like like me to say right i live in i live in the houston area we definitely do have apartments but there are a lot of homes a lot of people are going to be like oh we're just going to bug in right we're going to stay in our homes but uh you know places that you know for instance when when i went to a conference in chicago recently I mean, there's houses and stuff, but a lot of people, when you're inside the city, I mean, there are a lot of people living in, you know, in apartments, in high rises and stuff like that. And so, I mean, you, you have a lot of people in, you know, in one small area in, in living, living that way, living in apartments, living in high rises. There really is going to need to be some system there. So I can foresee people a lot of people eventually getting to the point where you know what we can't live here anymore we need to move out we need to go out and and where would they go right and so if you're living like in new york and chicago and i could see where there would be more of an exodus from the city from places like that than places like houston where there are a lot of homes and you know people we, we have uh you know downtown and people do live down there but it's not as dense as it is like you would find in New York or, or in Chicago and uh, different places like that. So just uh, something to think about there, because I know, you know, sometimes I talk and, and I have this frame of reference that everybody lives the way that I do. And, you know, that's not that's not true. I mean, I know some of you are probably listening to me from Chicago and New York where you live in apartments and you got to you got to think about these things. All right. So continuing on. Um, securing your building or at least your floor. Work with like-minded neighbors in your building or at least on your floor to fortify it against intruders from the outside. Have metal shutters installed outside if possible or have materials on hand such as ag wire and plywood or pre-cut so that you can board up your windows from the inside post-collapse. 
Consider barricading stairwells and using a rope ladder when needed to get in and out of your building. If your building has fire escapes, pull the ladder up from the bottom and use a chain and lock to secure it so only those of you in the building can use it to get in and out. None of these will guarantee no one can get inside, but it will reduce the number of people who can get in easily. Then ramp up for self-defense. Another of the best security practices for living in an apartment is to ramp up your self-defense training. You need to be prepared to defend yourself, your family, and your supplies frequently. Stockpile firearms, including handguns, and rifles, ammunition, knives, and several non-firearm weapons. Stockpile or gather several fire extinguishers to have on hand. Consider learning how to set and maintain booby traps around the perimeter of your building and the exterior of your apartment. Be prepared to exit the apartment quickly if a group tries to smoke or burn you out of your apartment. You also need to be prepared to defend yourself hand-to-hand -hand in the event someone does breach your barricade and get into your flat. Personal security is even more important than apartment security. And then become the gray man or woman. Another of the best security practices is to practice becoming a gray man or woman. The basic gray man concept is centered around blending in with your environment and the people around you. You can do things like practice adjusting your walking pace and your demeanor so it matches with those around you if you are in a crowd. Be alert to where you are and what is happening around you so you can get away from danger quickly. Observe any situation first from a distance to make sure you understand what is really going on. Don't dress in tactical gear or wear gear that is obvious. Dress so that you blend in with those around you so you don't draw attention to the fact that you, you are more prepared than anyone else. Use light blocking curtains to hide your activities inside the apartment. And have something set up to diffuse or absorb smoke and odors when cooking inside the apartment. It bears repeating that although there are many apartment security best practices that can help you survive, it is definitely not the ideal place to be in an SHTF situation. If you don't have access to family, friends, or a bug out location outside of the city, identify several safe places within the city where you could hole up if you were forced to leave your apartment. Consider places that other people wouldn't normally be checking for supplies, such as a public library or a small office building, but above all, take small steps towards making it possible to secure a bug out location or even to relocate outside of the city to at least the suburbs when it's feasible. So are you currently living in an apartment? Do you have security practices in place that we missed here? Let us know in the comments below. So there were a couple of comments here um, left, and uh, some are you know fairly longer. One uh, one gentleman, Bun G, <laughs> is the is a the name there. Talked about how uh, he was disabled and he lived on the bottom floor, and really the apart living in the apartment was the only option at the time, and that he did make plywood that you could uh, that you could set up right, and so on the outside it would have gone from the window all the way down to the to the uh, to the ground and then there would have been a way that you could secure it from the inside you know there was a uh, an episode of doomsday preppers that the one of the guys did that so he basically had some plywood that would go on the outside of the window and there was a a, a drill or a hole drilled through the middle of it the bolt on the other side was one of those uh, rounded ones 
And I know I'm trying to describe it to you, but it was one of those rounded ones. So it wouldn't have been easy for someone to use a wrench with or, or anything like that. So it was rounded and it went all the way through the window, although the window would have been like lifted up and then it would attach to another piece of plywood that would have been supported, right? And so it would have been like this really firm uh, way to to block out the window and, and not allow anybody to to access it easily. I mean, they would need to take an axe to it and all that type of stuff. And by then, hopefully, I mean, you have you know, you have a way to defend yourself and all that kind of stuff. When you do something like that, you are letting other people know that you are there and that you have stuff that you are protecting. So, I mean, that's another thing there. But so anyway, he talked about that in his uh, in his comment and other people talked a little bit about uh, the fire escape and, and different things that they did for, for security there and uh, being uh, being older. So, uh, you know, things to consider. Again, I think that if you live in an apartment, you you probably want to think about you know how you can bug out, where you could go. Um, if you are living a lot of the times, like for instance, I guess I'm going to reference Chicago and New York, people that live in high rises and in apartments, a lot of the times don't own vehicles, right? So they're using public transportation, or maybe they're walking to work or different things like that. So they might not have a vehicle where they can bug out to. So you might want to think about having a bicycle that you would be able to jump on. And so you have a, a nice backpack that you're able to strap on and get on your bike and then able to, you're able to head out. If you, know, you, you catch it early on and people are still kind of dazed and confused about what's going on, you're able to get ahead of the, ahead of the, the situation and uh, you know, get out pretty safely. People would just you know, look at you maybe they're thinking you would be going camping or whatever, you know, if you had a big bug out bag on or, or whatever. So, you know, think about that um, and think about a place that you could go and, and how you would do that. You know, one of the things I was thinking about as I was preparing for this is, you know, if you went to let's say there was people that you know of that live in other parts of the state or maybe they live, um, you know, a little bit further out into the country or whatever. Right. But for whatever reason, you lost touch with them. Now, I'm not saying to do this just because of this one reason, but you know what? That might be one reason to start talking to them again, right? That might be one reason to start communicating with them again and touching base with them and, and you know, seeing how they're doing and, and that type of thing, because you you never know. I mean, you might, if that's the only person you have available you might need to depend on that person. So it might be a good idea to communicate with them. Or maybe you have some family members that you haven't talked to in a long, long time. Maybe you need to start, you know, uh, communicating with them. And again, not for the, just the sole purpose of being, of using them. Um, but, you know, you're, you're truly honestly want to reconnect and you're interested in their lives and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, in the back of your mind, you're also thinking, hey, this might be a possibility if I am in a situation that there's no other options. Right. And and this is this is all I have. I want to be able to go somewhere. I don't want to go out into the woods. Um, you know, you're that's refugee. You're not bugging out to the woods. You are in refuge, a refugee at that point. And you want to make sure that you are able to go somewhere where there might be some resources where you can survive. 
So anyway, just uh, I was kind of thinking about that there. There's a lot of people that maybe want to connect with with uh, old friends, old family members that they just have lost touch with, and uh, that you know there uh, that relationship would be mutually beneficial, right? So uh, there you go. Well, guys, that's over at survivalsullivan.com. I'm going to link to it in the show notes like always so you can go check it out. There's a lot of links in here as well. And so you can uh, bounce off of some of these links and go to some of the other topics and categories that they were talking about. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 454. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.